Welcome to this week's Heathcliff. My name is Dave. This is the podcast where I describe and analyze the single panel comic Heathcliff, available syndicated in newspapers around the country and on Go Comics's website at gocomics.com slash Heathcliff. I encourage you to read along while I do this, and I do this for reasons I'm not entirely sure of myself. It's been a busy uh, little bit since I last did this. Um, I'm a little late. I do these weekly, so I try to analyze all of the comics for a week on each episode. Um, But I'm a little late. I'm still going to do last week's. Uh, In part, I'm late because I had a cold. I still have it. I'm sorry if you can hear it in my voice or if I burst out coughing. I'll try to edit those coughs out. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm a little late. The other thing is there's just been a lot going on, uh, both in my life and in uh, the world, which seem to be running on parallel insane tracks recently um, in the world. Uh, yesterday, uh, I spent the day with... Um, one of my earbuds in my ear all day as um, the president's personal attorney told Congress about the president's shocking level of criminality seems, seems suboptimal as, as, as a, as a way to way, way we're going, but that happened. Um, one of the uh, more suboptimal things about it was it didn't really give us that much new information. <laughs> Everything Michael Cohen said, we pretty much knew to be the case. And he was describing crime. <laughs> crime the president committed. So that's, that's great. Um, good, good. We did a good job electing that man to the presidency. <sighs> the seas are rising. Anyway, let's get into the comics. I'm going to start with, um, today is Thursday, February 28th. We're going to start with Monday, February 18th, 2019. So we're in a gym. Um, there are four characters in the foreground, and they are colored relatively normally, and then everything that's in the background and not those characters is covered the, is colored the same yellow tone, which is sort of a shorthand for this is not particularly important. However, that does include the two background characters who are actually talking to each other and providing the caption for the panel, which um, is sort of a messy choice, like you'd think you'd want to sort of st- pop those out so that it was clear to the uh, uh, audience. That said, you know, we figure it out. Anyway, we're in a gym. Uh, it, like I said, in the foreground are four, four characters. In the background, there's a bunch of weights. There's a sign that says gym because every gym you ever go to lets you know you're inside of a gym once you're inside of it. And then uh, through a door in the uh, upper left corner of the panel coming down to about mid-panel left, 
we can see those two characters in the background. They're gym employees, um, and they're standing at a sort of, like, uh, entry booth, you know, where you check people in. One's male, one's female. Female has her mouth open. We'll come back to them. For now, just know there's two employees in the background. Now, in the foreground, okay, here's what's happening. Like I said, there's four characters, and I'm going to move from lower panel right uh, counterclockwise, which will eventually deliver us to Heathcliff. Lower panel right, uh, there is a treadmill. And on the treadmill is a man wearing a powdered wig, a blue suit with, like, breech pants, breacher pants uh, that end at the knee, long white socks, black shoes, like I said, a powdered wig. So it sort of reads as this is a uh, presidential or or, um, revolutionary era figure, as that was sort of the style of the time. It's not entirely specific, however, as to which one of these it is. Standing sort of behind him and slightly to panel left is what is definitely Abe Lincoln. Uh, Abe is wearing a long black coat, black pants, black shoes, the black top hat we associate with him, and the facial hair we associate with him. He's also doing um, squats with weights. So he's got like a big weight over his back, you know, and shoulders um, with huge uh, uh, plates on it um, and no spotter at all. So he's being very unsafe and he's definitely bending more at the back than he should. I don't know a ton about weightlifting, but Abe is going to blow out his back, I can tell. Okay, standing seated a little bit in front of Abe, uh, almost sort of upper mid uh, panel is another guy in blue uh, in a blue suit uh, breachers uh, breach is breaches right that's how the, that's what you call them fuck fine oh anyway um, he's got the knee pants on he's got the white high socks and the uh, uh, black shoes and a powdered wig. Again, it's not specific as to who this is. Um, He is lifting a huge weight over his head and he's blowing out with exertion as he does so. And then seated a little bit in front of him, a little bit behind the treadmill, which is in the extreme foreground, is Heathcliff, who is on a little little stool and who's doing curls with a um, with a dumbbell uh, bicep curls and they're he, you can you actually do get a sense of the exertion from the way Heathcliff's drawn he's drawn very dynamically he has a top hat on like Abe Lincoln does and he has a beard like Abe Lincoln does 
Now, as I said in the background, are the two characters who actually work at this establishment. One's talking to the other, the woman. Uh, they're both wearing collared shirts, but we can't really get a sense of much more about them because, again, they're in the pretty far background. And they're yellowed out. But the woman is speaking to the man. She's providing the caption of the panel. And she's saying, Happy President's Day. There's so much to unpack here. For one, so just to be clear, President's Day uh, was sort of a combination of Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday. So evidently, everybody in here is a Lincoln or a Washington. And we can see of the four characters that aren't the um, employees, two of them are distinctly Lincoln-esque. Abe Lincoln himself and Heathcliff. So the other two are probably Washingtons, even though they are both here, and there's nothing particularly Washingtonian about them in the drawing, except that they are dressed in the period style that Washington, uh, you know, of the era Washington lived in. There's not a cherry tree or a hatchet or wooden teeth or any of the other visuals you might associate with George Washington. But it raises a couple questions. First, why is why are there four of them instead of just two of them? I uh, Heathcliff bends time and space so much that I assume that these are actually George Washington and Abraham Lincoln working out, as opposed to weirdos who just went dressed as their favorite characters. But then, Heathcliff is a weirdo dressed as his favorite president, or a president, anyway. Why Heathcliff would choose um, Lincoln as his favorite president, I mean, Lincoln is basically most, a lot of people's favorite president. Um, he, he's often at the top of the best presidents list. But why Heathcliff, who... Um, I think is probably a fan of most things that Lincoln was not a fan of. Um, Heathcliff is, is why Heathcliff would like any president when Heathcliff is an authoritarian ruler who, um, who, who maintains his power by a fear and intimidation, uh, is a little bit of a mystery to me. Um, also, is Heathcliff in some sense Lincoln? Uh, because, again, I, one gets the sense that these aren't people who've dressed up. They are people who are the presidents they represent. And therefore, two George Washingtons and two Abe Lincolns have spontaneously appeared in this gym uh, to start working out for some reason, as opposed to doing... Anything else, especially on President's Day, this is your day, guys. Go have a drink or something. Not and not for nothing. Uh, Happy President's Day is something said when people are, don't have to work, and these poor schmucks at the gym have to. So, like I said, there's a lot going on here, and it's it's both admirable in the sense that. So much gets written into one panel, but it's also, it just sort of leaves you going, I don't know, sure, that happened. 
and I guess in, in you know in some senses that's um that's a vital message for these times. Let's move on. So here's the comic for Tuesday, February nineteenth, twenty nineteen. We're at an extreme angle uh, on the suburban street, and it's it's very weirdly rendered. Uh, let me see if I can describe it. So we're facing a, a building from a corner. We're looking from the corner towards a house. Um, and the corner sort of is in the bottom center of the panel, so it... And, and it's described by a sidewalk that then runs off to the left of the panel and off to the right of the panel. For reasons of needing to be able to draw this... Um, the house that this corner goes around is straight on, despite being on a corner. You would think that, that it would be angled corner-wise, but it's not. It's, ang- it's, it's straight on, and that's because there's a window in it through which Iggy and the elderly woman and the elderly man that Heathcliff lives with are looking. So they're looking out at the corner from the house that is in, because of the way it is drawn here, would have to be set corner-wise on its own lot. And that's weird. But that's like the fifth or sixth weirdest thing going on in this panel. Running down the street, uh, or running out of the panel, I should say, is Heathcliff. So he is exiting the panel on the right side, um, on the sidewalk, outside of the house, where, again, Iggy and the family are, are viewing this from. So he's, in, he's, he's running away, running down the corner, and here's... Running down, running on the corner, running towards the corner, I should say. So entering the panel from the left side. Okay. <laughs> entering the panel from the left, running towards the corner, are a horde of angry clowns. I count at least four, but there's sort of an implication that there's a fifth. Um, and they're drawn... If you ever look back at, like, clowns from, like, the early 1900s, you see where, like, the fear of clowns comes from. Like, circus clowns back then were terrifying. And these are drawn in terrifi- terrifyingly, like, rather than the sort of, like, happy features that a lot of clowns have now. These have angry hobo clown features. They're wearing basically pajamas, um, and they look furious. They're, they're obviously angry, and they are, I suppose, in hot pursuit of Heathcliff, who's running away from them. But they are not looking at Heathcliff. They're looking at the corner they're running towards, which is weird. Like, this could potentially be just a bunch of stuff that's happening. Heathcliff is out for a jog, trying to get in the shape, Meanwhile, a bunch of a horde of angry clowns is running 
down the street, having nothing to do with him, just they're angry clowns. Remember back before the election, there was that spate of creepy clown sightings, and then, and then the election happened, we were like, we're too busy. I, I don't know, did that get solved? I think about that sometimes. I don't, I, mean, I don't have anything else to say about that. Anyway, one of the interesting things about the mind is the way in which it takes disparate elements and constructs a narrative. So, like I said, these things could be completely un- unrelated, but the mind is going to make them related. Heathcliff must have done something to piss these clowns off. These clowns are chasing Heathcliff. Heathcliff, who normally doesn't give a crap about anybody and can take out anybody he wants at any time, who's regularly depicted committing acts of violence, is running away from the clowns for whatever reason. Fine, he's running. Watching from the window are the family, and Iggy is the one speaking, and he provides the caption to the panel, which is, not again... That's a joke Heathcliff's used a lot. Just draw a bunch of insane stuff and then say, well, that's that's what's going on there. Oh, it's happening again. It's insane. Okay. Um, let's move on. Wednesday, February 20th, 2019. We're in the city. You can tell it's the city. In the background, there's city buildings. In the foreground, Heathcliff and another character are walking on a sidewalk that begins sort of in the center of the panel and goes down to the lower left uh, corner of the panel and then extends around a corner of a building. The building itself is marked as Mid-City Gym. In the, in the window, it says Gym. And there we can see some weights, but Heathcliff and uh, this other character are, are outside of that building. Heathcliff has a uh, towel slung over his shoulders uh, and a contented expression on his face. Uh, in the background, uh, there's a line, sort of a telephone line or power line, that extends to the Mid-City Gym and then out of the panel to the right, there are two birds seated on it. Walking with Heathcliff to Heathcliff's left, panel right, pretty much center of the panel, towards us, is Dondi. Dondi was one of the... It may have been the first... He may have been in the first episode we uh, I did. It was, yeah, uh, aside from the... Looking back now, he was in the in in the first episode, and he is an incredibly unpleasant to look at character. <laughs> I don't really have a good way of uh, describing him. Um, his at, at the time, you know, I. Um, I went. Uh, this is almost a year ago now that I did my first episode, and at the time I went into a bit of his background. But just to give you a, a quick run up, 
Dundee was a character in a uh, World War II comic. Um, he was an orphan of Italian descent, and he um, gets bought back to the States, and then the comic goes on for 40 years, and that backstory sort of gets lost. He always had enormous ears and a button nose and a face just full of wonder. Um, and it was, I mean, it was a treacly, like, kind of gross comic. Just, like, not particularly what anybody wanted to read by the time the 80s rolled around. And, uh, in fact... It went away in 1986. Dondi went out of business, <laughs> for lack of a better term. It got canceled in, like, 1986. Um, so Heathcliff, for reasons unclear, is trying, is hanging out with Dondi, who I guess has nothing else to do, the rendering of Dondi in this particular, in Heathcliff style, makes him look even more kind of feature-heavy and somewhat unsettling, for lack of a better term. He also has enormous muscles in this particular um, uh, drawing. Like, they've, he's... He's wearing a, uh, a tank top... And we can see his arms are just huge. One of the birds is speaking to the other bird, providing the caption of the panel. And he says, Dondi is jacked. Which isn't a joke. It's just a statement of what is happening. And I suppose it's a joke that this, like, nine-year-old Italian um, war refugee would be, you know, going to the gym built. As I recall, and I'm not going to spend too much time on that, figuring this out, but as I recall, um, Dondi was seen last about a year ago in this comic lifting weights. And here's the thing. Inside jokes are fine. In fact, they're sort of a fan service in some ways, you know, like we, um, if there's something you recognize, it adds layers to a joke that you appreciate. They can also be incredibly annoying. Anybody who's ever had a spouse or a significant other who has a, um, you know, who has work friends they hang out with or whatever, um, and then you go out to a happy hour with them, and they just uh, spend the time doing an accent or um, talking about, like, uh, the CMS and laughing because it's a great joke to them, but you don't know what the CMS is because you don't work with them. It's a little annoying uh, to to sit there for that. Anybody, uh, I think, can relate. It's not a big deal. You know, you're not, 
going to make a scene about it and be like, you cut me out of the joke. But you do spend your time just sort of sitting there with your beer being like, okay, guys, do you want to talk about anything else? Um, everybody, and this is not, the, I'm not calling out my wife on this or anything like that. Everybody has experienced this. Um, and I'm sure people have experienced this frequently in my presence. Um, but the point is, Inside jokes only work for the teller if there's somebody to be inside with them. I am somebody who has spent the last year reading every Heathcliff and analyzing them, and I only sort of recall what this is drawing from. And I think, in that sense, Gallagher is um, serving himself which is somewhat admirable. But you have to start to wonder about why and how he's doing that, how he's getting away with it. Uh, because, you know, you're supposed to make comics that have jokes. <laughs> And jokes that people, aside from yourself, understand. Uh, jokes that aren't just for you. Uh, and again, I find it admirable in, in its way that he is doing this. Um, but, you know, one of the theories that has been expressed about what's going on with Heathcliff is, like, Gallagher's kind of figured out that there's nobody really paying attention, at least nobody of, like importance to the future of the comic, whether or not it survives. He doesn't have to make anybody actually laugh, so we can focus on just whatever the hell he thinks is funny. And that sort of piercing that veil when he's just writing jokes that maybe just serve him, that maybe are just related to like stuff that's either directly going on in his life or stuff that is metaphorical to exi his existence, but we don't know what happened to him, you know, at the, at the gym yesterday. So we don't, we, we are not let inside. Um, that's fascinating. Trying to get to the bottom of that and knowing that you just can't. It's so strange. And I do, again, kind of admire it. Moving on. This is the Heathcliff panel for uh, Thursday, February 21st, 2019. Uh, we're, we're in the suburbs. In the background, there's a house and, like, the tree and all that stuff. And then in the foreground, there's the dog catcher um, truck, I guess, with its caged or fenced back. And inside of it, we can see four dogs. And they're all looking, like, really unhappy. Uh, uh, the, the one in the center is this big bulldog guy, and he's got his paws clapped over his ears. In the background are the dog catcher himself and the elderly man who lives with Heathcliff. Who lives with Heathcliff. They're standing under a tree observing what is making um, these dogs so unhappy. And that's Heathcliff, who's standing before, in, uh, sort of behind the truck, 
but in, in front of the dogs who are looking out the back of the truck. And he's holding a bassoon, a reeded instrument, that he's blowing into. Um, so clearly he's blowing, like, notes at the dogs, and the dogs are reacting upset. The dog catcher, his mouth is open. He provides the caption to the panel, and he's saying, it's a bassoon only dogs can hear. Funny joke, or a joke at all, um, because bassoons play in very low register. But Heathcliff has hacked one together that plays in the ultra-high frequency that only dogs can hear. And um, after these dogs have been captured by the dog catcher... These dogs are all, by the way, portrayed wearing collars. So these are... These are somebody's pets. They aren't, they aren't dogs that just are feral. But the dog catcher has decided that his job... It's his job to capture all dogs. These dogs, having been captured by the dog catcher and presumably about to be taken to dog jail, um, and then everything tragic that follows that, that's not enough for Heathcliff. He's got to rub it in with his ultra-high-frequency bassoon. Heathcliff's a jerk. So here's the panel for... Friday, February 22nd, 2019. Um, a lot of art in this one. A lot of art. Uh, trying to decide how to describe this. Okay, so there's a poker table in the center of the panel. And one of those green lights that, you know, hangs down, that throws a very yellow light off the bulb, but the, 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 the shade is green, you know, like that's always in poker places or, or pool halls. And seated around the table, I'll move from lower panel right around the table in a clockwise manner. There's a uh, tiger, and he's holding a three, a queen, and then a third card. I can't really tell what it is. And he, um, everybody has chips in front of them. There's a pile of chips in the, in the, in the center of the thing. Also, all the characters are shown holding a variety of numbers of cards. Some hold three, some hold four. I'm not sure what game they're actually playing. Tiger is, uh, he's got stripes. He's pretty tiger-shaped. Then there's a leopard. His back is to us. He's holding an ace. I can't tell what else. Um, he has remarkably human feet. I'll say that about him. Uh, moving around the panel towards uh, the background or the mid-ground of the panel um, is, uh, then there's a lion. He's in the sort of upper left corner of the panel. And he's looking regal and liony, and he's got big mane. And then seated to his left panel right, uh, sort of mid-panel itself, is Heathcliff. Just being Heathcliff, holding four cards, looking sort of like I'm playing poker. 
in the background, looking through a doorway or an archway into this room from another room, are the old man who lives with Heathcliff, and I guess his friend? I don't think we've seen this guy much before, but he looks basically like every shopkeeper in town. In this panel, he's drawn almost identically to the old man, except he's got glasses on, his hair is a slightly different color, and his sweater coat thing is uh, green instead of red. They're both wearing collared shirts. Their hands are thrust into the pockets. The old man that's not Heathcliff's owner or guy who lives with Heathcliff, his mouth is open. So he's providing the caption to the panel, and he's saying, I thought the big cat game was just a myth. I have legitimately no idea what that means. And I'm just going to leave it. Move on. So here's a panel for Saturday, February 23rd, 2019. It's a very weird, very weird panel. Uh, it's nighttime. I'm going to try, I'm going to sort of try to describe this, but it's so strange. And I guess I'll just start with basics. It's nighttime. We're in the suburbs. There's two houses in the background. One of them is drawn in the way that's like, don't pay attention to this. It's gray. The other is drawn where it's like, yes, please pay attention to this. It's actually colored. Um, it's in the middle right of the panel and it's pink standing in front of it is an elder is, is, is the woman who is often seen as the elderly woman's best friend, a younger woman who is wearing a red skirt suit, despite the fact, um, that she is. You know, it's probably 10 p.m. at this point, maybe later. Um, She's still dressed to the nines at her home. There's a path that goes from the front of her house to to the street, which is in the extreme foreground, just like a little corner, bottom of the bottom of the panel. Um... And the man who lives in that house, presumably her husband, but who knows for sure, is has walked down it to the to the sidewalk with a garbage can. Now, standing in the middle of the panel, in the background. So sort of next to the woman, and certainly on her lawn, is a garbage man. He's holding a can of garbage, and he's got a garbage man's gray suit on and a a hat. He's clearly a garbage man. So just before we get to anything else, before we get to Heathcliff in this, I want to state that 
a very well-dressed woman. Her husband or man she lives with left the house with the garbage, put the garbage on the sidewalk where it goes. And to do that, walked past a garbage man standing on his lawn with another garbage can. Did that, and and I don't know how we got to that point. Are he and the garbage man working in, in opposed ways? Is the garbage man taking the garbage from the sidewalk back to the house? Being like, no, we don't want your garbage. It's it's unclear. Is the I mean like the garbage man having an affair with this woman and sneaking by while this guy is there's so there's so much that could be happening but i cannot at the same time none of it could be happening because nothing explains why this would happen but that again like the fifth weirdest thing in the panel because we haven't gotten to what heathcliff is doing in the top I'd say quarter of the panel is an insane vehicle of some sort. It's drawn to be sort of helicopter-ish. We can see that there's a spinning rotor, uh, which is just represented as a, as a swirling curly cue over it. And then there's a back rotor um, that is also a swirling curly cue. So that, that says helicopter. But then, and, and the structure of it is sort of a dome and a thing coming off to the back uh, that, you know, helicopters have. But then it also has wings. And, you know, Heathcliff is in it, obviously. Uh, and as all vehicles Heathcliff operates do, it has Heathcliff's features on it. So it has cat ears and a cat nose. And to get those in... Heathcliff is offset from center, so uh, evidently you can only look out the left side of this. There's only a window on the left side of this weird uh, helicopter thing, which then also has wings for some reason. They only add confusion to it. Why draw them at all? But apparently this is also something with wings. I can't decide why he put wings on this helicopter. There's helicopter skids on the bottom. That makes sense. But there's also a light coming off the helicopter that looks like one of those lights that shafts of light. I mean, you see helicopters using searchlights when they're, you know, chasing a guy through a field or whatever. But, um, it looks more like one of those shafts of light that uh, uh, UFOs are often seen using. Anyway, the shaft of light is coming down on the man who is holding the garbage that isn't the garbage man. So the guy who lives with the woman who's left the house to bring the garbage to the sidewalk. He has no reaction to this. He might be held in place. These are often, when they're UFOs, these are often seen as tractor beamish or um, just they freeze you with their light. Um, but whatever's going on, he has no reaction at all. 
garbage man and the woman are looking up at Heathcliff. The garbage man's mouth is open. He's providing the caption to the panel, and he's saying, he likes your garbage. Sure. Likes your garbage indeed. I think I'll leave it there. As always, you can uh, you can write me at your pal garbage ape at gmail. I'd be thrilled to hear anything you have to say about what I've uh, been doing here, <laughs> or Heathcliff, or anything else. Please don't rate or review this on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any of the ways in which you would do that. That's a waste of your time, and uh, I hate those things, so don't, don't do that. But uh, do have a great week, and I will talk to you soon. Okay.